What is up? And welcome to the first post loons following the United victory. This is episode five. We've been 0 4 to start. And finally, we get Wonderwall and we get a Minnesota United win to talk about. Joining me to break it all down is Alex McCracken at Up the Loons on Twitter. He is from the Dummy Run podcast. Alex, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, I'm one to know, so I don't know. I mean, I know that you guys have been struggling on the pod, but me, I'm undefeated. <laughs> so this is this is a great start for me. Hey, Alex, clear your schedule, man, for the, for the rest <laughs> of the season because uh, I'll do it for and we're going to keep having you back on. Yeah, for, for sure. the loons, exactly. Uh, a 1-0 win by the skin of their teeth. Minnesota United comes out with their first win of the 2021 campaign. Uh, and, uh, it wasn't easy, Alex. They, uh, they somehow, uh, endured everything that Vancouver could throw at them. They, you know, Vancouver missed of chances. So did Minnesota United, despite the, you know, the Ramon Abela goal. Uh, but a win is a win is a win and you will 100% take it right now. If you're a Minnesota United fan. Yeah, different year, different time. I think we would have walked away tonight and kind of sc- scratching our heads and wondering kind of what, what went wrong. Uh, but, man, you got to start somewhere. And uh, tonight it was eking out a 1-0 win at home. Uh, but we'll take it for sure. Definitely. So let's get into the game notes here and talk about how this win shook out. Might help if I actually had the Google Doc in front of me here. Um it all started in the fifth minutes and it, it began with sort of a groundhog day situation, right? Mm. Another bad touch, a bad back pass from Chase Gaspier nearly gives Vancouver a goal. Uh, luckily, uh, Dejome skies the shots despite having basically a wide open net. Um, it's just, it's another situation, another match where uh, a Gasper mistake nearly cost Minnesota uh, and puts them on the back foot right away. Yeah, it's like everything that's going wrong with the team is happening just also within Chase Gasper. Like all the struggles that reflected are across our team are also just happening only in him. And he's having the issue that I think a lot of us are having right now is that like the worse things get, the worse he gets because he keeps trying to fix everything. And even just the simplest of paths is now he's like he's in his head so much. He just like he can't get it right. Yeah, and it's it's become one of those things where it's a it's a complete confidence thing, right? We know Gasper has the ability to be a quality left back in this league. We have seen it. He just he's just in one of those ruts right now where he I don't know if it's overthinking it. I don't know if it's doubting his own ability. Combination of all of it, but um, you know that's definitely something that's going to have to be tightened up. He has had his fair share of good moments in this season too. Some excellent crosses, some good stuff in the attacking third specifically. Um, you know, he's, he's done a great job holding guys off to, you know, force goal kicks and, uh, you know, give a, give a throw in Minnesota's way. So it's not, it's not been all bad for Chase Gasper, but the bad has been, uh, very costly for Minnesota so far this season. Yeah. I mean, he still has his moments and that's why I think he's still starting. I, I, I honestly am surprised that we, we haven't seen someone else there. You know, I know that DJ Taylor is, is a preferred right back, but he has left back on his, on his roster. And I, I really thought we'd see some, some changes with just the issue chase has been having there. Um, but yeah, you're right. He still does have his moments, you know, when, when he's in position, he, he does well defensively. Um, you know, his, his crossing, he, he has like a good IQ in the offensive third in terms of when and where to make runs, but his final ball has been lacking. And when you mix that with, yeah, some of his defensive decision-making and, um, obviously being pressed up, you know, gets him in trouble. Um, Overall, you know, as everyone's saying, he would admit it himself. It's been a disappointing start for him. Um, I think we saw a lot more of that tonight, but again, he had his moments. Yeah, I think a little bit of, of it has to do, and we won't just dwell on this, obviously. We want to talk about the good <laughs> that happened in the win, but I think a lot of it does have to do with with just kind of the the whole issues along the entire left side of Minnesota United's lineup, right? I mean, they don't really have a true a true left winger. At this point, uh, they've had to plug and play Hassani Dotson there, Robin Lode, Emmanuel Reynoso is finally there uh, and gives them at least some consistency and quality in that specific position. But, uh, you know, Chase Gasper is used to having Ike Parr or Bakai Debasi alongside him and then Kevin Molino up ahead of him, right? Big difference than what we see now this year. And I think that is that it's a huge contributor to that. But anyways, let's let's move on and talk about uh, 
uh, another instance where Vancouver could have taken the lead in this in this match, and actually two instances, both in the 23rd and 24th minutes, two point-blank header chances from Cavallini. Uh, the first goes wide, and the second is handled by Tyler Miller, who played excellent tonight. Um, gold star for Tyler Miller, potentially man of the match. He played awesome. Uh, but again, we've as we've seen so far this season, leaky defense uh, from Minnesota United in the early going. Just too much room to operate for Vancouver early. And, and just too easy of crosses into the box and wide open guys on the receiving end of those crosses too. Yeah. And I mean, that was it, you know, they are who we thought they were coming in. It was, it was their good on set pieces and we're bad on set pieces. And so we're going to need to figure out how to defend them well. And we didn't, we just didn't. I mean, they, I think every single one of their crosses or, or free kicks or whatever they were, they had at least an okay chance on, and towards the end, some of them were rightfully they probably should have scored on. Um, which again, yeah, I mean, Baki Debasi, I think that people underestimated how much he meant to this back line. Um, I thought I think Ratala did really well tonight, but he's not Baki Debasi. Um, but yeah. still, I mean, still with the pieces we have, we got to be doing better. We just got to do better. Definitely, uh, Ratala, I think. Uh, is somebody who has really vastly improved in his first few uh, appearances for Minnesota United, his first few, first few starts. Um, and, and tonight, again, you know, not the quality of a former Ligun defender, not the quality of, uh, but again, he has done everything that Minnesota United has asked him to do. And he showed that once again tonight. So uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out. But in the 34th minute, I, I have to say the first half hour was very very concerning especially when you factor in the final 45 minutes against colorado mm -hmm. that was a 75 minute stretch where you're mm -hmm. just left underwhelmed scratching your head like who who is this team right the whole season had been a dud up to that point but that 75 minute stretch second half to colorado first 30 minutes here oof that's that's not just 2018 minnesota united vibes that's 2017 minnesota united mm -hmm. vibes that you were getting from that yeah, I was really surprised to hear Heath say coming out of halftime that he thought the game started well. Because um, I'm I'm with you. I thought from from the whistle all the way through, basically through the half, really, um, it was yeah, it was it was much of what we've been seeing, where it's kind of not very creative in the in the offensive third, and even when we get down there, like our passes aren't really moving the defense in a way that's going to build to breaking them down or getting options. It's, you know, it's kind of like if Chase or, or, or Montanaire can get out wide, maybe they'll cross it in. Otherwise it's kind of like, you know, you know, Reynoso or Lou dancing around the 18. Um, so I, I was surprised to hear he'd say he thought it started well, because I'm with you. I thought it was a, a kind of a, a continuation of last match. Definitely. Uh, but in the 34th minute is really when the, uh, the tide started to turn and Minnesota United started to get their chances. Uh, Reynoso takes a one-time strike from distance, wide, but not by a lot. Um, and then 38th minute, Reynoso again makes something out of nothing, dribbles his way through some traffic in the box, gets a shot on target. Relatively easy uh, save there for Crapo. Um, he had a young Gregish with a bicycle kick attempt in the 40th <laughs> minute. You know, it's just that was when you started to see, okay, this team's starting to get some consistency. They're starting to get some confidence back in terms of being able to just, you know, have the ball maintained for an extended period of time and actually put together uh, solid attacking sequences, you know, back to back like that. Um, that in itself was, was uh, an improvement from what we had previously seen, uh, you know, in the last couple halves. Yeah. And I mean, I, I had kind of commented in our, in our doc um, saying, you know, we kind of have just basically relegated to just taking these shots from 20 to 25 yards out. Um, none of them look particularly dangerous. You know, maybe if if Ray gets his foot to curl around it a little differently, it bends in. Uh, but you, yeah, you you made a point that you got to start somewhere. And I think if you're not gonna if you're not gonna show defenses that you're yeah. willing to shoot out there, then yeah, they're just gonna let you kind of pass it around out there and not worry about you because you're not gonna take a shot anyway. So um, at a certain point, you got to just start shooting. And I think that that's definitely something that the coaching staff has probably told, yeah. uh, you know, told the squad like, look, guys, we got to start shooting on that. I don't care. We got to start getting getting some shots up there and make the goalie at least at least work for it and, and keep the defense honest. So um, I think, yeah, yeah, it was a good start. And, and think, yeah, maybe right? maybe that helped. Maybe that helped open up things in the second half. Yeah. And, and they ended kind of in, in that same uh, in that same vein, you know, uh, 42nd minute Reynoso lays one off for Dotson, tries a curler, curler from outside the box, sails wide. 
Um, and then uh, in the 45th minute, just before half, Lude with some beautiful work on the ball. I mean, Lode's dribbling this season. His work on the ball has been A-plus in terms of just creating his own shot, creating space, creating chances for other guys. He has been on the ball this season. Um, maneuvers around a defender there, um, gets in a good shooting position from just outside the 18, right at Crapo there. Uh, and that's how we enter halftime. So despite the uh, the poor start, despite the underwhelming start, that last 15 minutes of the first half really kind of left you uh, encouraged and, and was something to, uh, you know, something to look forward to as you head into halftime. And they continue that in the second half as well. Yeah, you know, I think Lude, I don't know why Lude doesn't get more credit if it just isn't quite as flashy. It's a little more understated than than some of the things we see other players do. But his control of the ball and the way he makes space and, you know, beats a guy which opens things up um, is, yeah, I mean, something that I think you can't say enough about. And and to finish off the half that way and go into halftime, uh, honestly, uh, for me, going into halftime, nil-nil felt like a win just because I felt so nervous that, that first half. So, you know, coming out the second half, yeah. uh, you know, nil-nil, I thought that was great. Um, I thought this, the half we started again a little on our heels and they, they kind of came out swinging. Um, but I think once we kind of counted and calmed that down, um, we, we were right back to it again. I have to say, Crapo, the, the goalie for uh, Vancouver, was excellent tonight as well. We talked about Tyler Miller, but, but he was really good. Um, 47th minute quality chance out of the gate in the half uh, in the second load. A nice cross for Reynoso. Puts a great shot on net. But Crapo up to the task makes a good save. Um, he he was he was excellent between the posts. Both goalies were excellent between the posts tonight. Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm curious to hear what you think of of the Dane St. Clair for for Tyler Miller swap. That was a big a big conversation leading yeah. up to the match. Yeah, you know it's interesting because. I can see, you know, second game in four days, you might want to rotate a little bit. Goalkeeper is an interesting place to rotate if you're gonna if you're gonna be Adrian Heath. And it's also interesting, especially because Dane St. Clair is likely gonna be one of those guys who's called away to international duty uh in June. So, you know, you're gonna get Tyler Miller, you know, theoretically, uh presumably during that period as well. So, you know, if this was a primer for him there, obviously he's a quality goalkeeper. So I don't necessarily mm-hmm. question the decision to put him in, but more, more curious as to why they decided now is a good time to sit Dane, considering he had been, he had done so well. He had one mistake in the last match, mm-hmm. uh, unable to handle that cross in the last match that, that led to, uh, led to a Colorado goal. Uh, but that's the first mistake he's made in a Minnesota United uniform, basically in the two, in the, in the, you know, over one full season that he has now been a Minnesota United starting goalkeeper. So, you know, hard to blame him there and hard to sit him for that specifically. I don't necessarily think that 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 was the case, but it was interesting. But when you have two quality goalkeepers, you know, you don't want one to necessarily get too cold either. So I don't question it. It was just, I was more curious, I guess, when I saw it. Yeah, yeah, Sam, I, what, I'm with you. you. Honestly, if it? yeah, if anything, the the Dane St. Clair error would have made me think about the rotation more. Um, just because you don't want you know, as much as you tell a kid it's not it's not because of that. Um in the back of his head, I'm sure he's still thinking, you know, did I get benched because of that mistake? Um I'm with you. I don't think it had anything to do with that. And I think when you have two really good goalkeepers, um eventually you're gonna throw the other one in there just because, you know, who yeah, again, Dane St. Clair's going to be away soon um there's a number of reasons you would do that i don't think it had anything to do with the play um but i do think coming off of of what was probably could be considered you know dane's worst game um i I hope his confidence is okay and he doesn't he doesn't try and read too much into that i have to say it was good to see tyler miller in there too especially because he didn't he didn't lose the spot really he got hurt and dane st Clair came in and earned Mm -hmm. it right so mm-hmm. it was good to see him back in there. Obviously, he was he was excellent. Tyler Miller was on the uh, on what you know the then Fox Sports North broadcast last year. Um, <laughs> so became you know a very likable guy in the eyes of the Minnesota United fans. So so to see him get that start tonight, um, and to see him perform the way he did, you know, made it feel even better. And when you come away with a win, you know, it's just an overall feel good feel good thing. So definitely happy for him that he was able to have that performance when given the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, I was All surprised. Right, so let's move um, on. I, yep. right, sorry, go, go ahead. No, no, I think we should move on. You're right. Yeah, so let's move on. 69th minute, 
we're going to skip ahead a little bit here. Uh, Ramon Abila, golden opportunity off a pass from Reynoso. Just a few feet from goal, goes over the bar. Um, so that was kind of a, a precursor, a prelude uh, to what we would see later on with the goal. Uh, but we almost had a situation here where Minnesota United actually went down between two Abila chances. Because in the 70th minute, uh, somehow Cavallini got, got loose and was basically one-on-one with Tyler Miller. But luckily, Boxall and Raitalo both able to recover and catch up and uh, and uh, kick the ball away. Uh, but man, that was that was scary. I mean, I I don't know if I was looking at Twitter or if I was distracted by something else, but I just looked up and all of a sudden, Same. Cavallini FIFA style yeah. is just alone streaking uh, towards Tyler Miller. I'm the same. Yeah, I don't know. I looked away for a second and all of a sudden I looked back up and yeah, he's, I mean, it's, it's like pretty much, you know, just inside the half and he is, he's got three or four steps on box all and probably, you know, five or six on, on right Um, and I would love to give it to them for recovering. They did do well, but I don't know what he did there. He, he slowed down and then fumbled over yeah. the ball at the end. And I mean, he really made a mess of it. I think if you're on the other side of that, you're definitely not saying, Oh, that was a good defensive play. You're saying what, what the heck were you doing, man? Um, that should have been, that probably should have yeah. been one. Exactly. Yeah, it should have. And luckily it wasn't. And even luckier, or I guess not even luckier, but uh two minutes later, uh in the 72nd minute, uh we get we get the goal. We get the goal. Took the pressure off a little bit, let every Minnesota United fan kind of exhale. <laughs> Ramon Abila, the number nine on the receiving end of a beautiful cross from Robin Lode. I mean, Lode played excellent tonight he he was so great creating chances like we talked about with the dribbling creating his own shot uh, and then the just gorgeous cross to abila heads you know and 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 on the back of the net his first mls goal much needed goal for minnesota i would really like to see how long it has been since a pure striker has scored a goal for minnesota united i would imagine that- it would have to be probably mason toy right I mean, yeah, Kai Kamara got the one off of a penalty kick, so I don't know if you want to count that. Oh, um, and Kamara, then well, it would, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, it would be Kai Kamara with the penalty kick, and then before that, it would be, uh, you know, Amaria had had a hot start to the year before everything broke down, um, and he looked like he was going to be the real deal. He'll he'll always be my like kind of what if player, but yeah, I mean, uh, Abila, I mean, he was he was exactly what we what the game was missing even before that you know going into halftime i had this feeling like if we can get to when ramona bila comes in um nil nil i think we have a really good chance because we need someone who can make that movement up front and find the space and begin on the end of those crosses uh, you know i love robin lude obviously I, I'm, I'm with you i think he was probably the player of the you know player of the match for me but when it's him and dotson trying to create space or find space for you know Reynoso's cross or Gasper's cross, they're just not thinking the way that it's a striker, a true number nine does. They don't, you know, they're not looking little faint runs off the back shoulder or holding up or pressing. And and when you watch when Renabila comes into the match, he just immediately starts doing that. And yeah, it was the 69th minute that was close and it was the same thing. And then in the 72nd minute, he's looking at Lude, who's kind of kind of further away. And as soon as Lude makes a, a, a movement that he's going to cross Abila takes a beeline for the back post. And by the time the ball gets there, he's, he's all alone. And that's the movement that you get with a number nine like that. And Lude is not set up for that. And that's in the first half. You just kind of saw that where, when the ball came in, there was no one in that space. And right away, Abila is able to make, make, you know, uh, find himself in the right place and, and we get one. So it, it was great to see him, you know, good for him. And, and I'm, uh, you know, it's really great to finally see that position on the field. Yeah, and again, as you mentioned, that's the thing that you get with a number nine is that just find those pockets of space to be on the receiving end of those crosses and those passes um, that that you don't necessarily get when you have as good as Robin Lode is and and as as uh, you know serviceable as he was in that false nine situation. You just don't necessarily get that 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 um, from a winger who's playing the nine mm-hmm. uh, where when you have a, a true, true striker in Abila or Amaria or toy or, or Kamar or whoever, when they were here, um, you, you get that, that instinct and you get that ability to be on the receiving end of those passes and those crosses. Um, and so hopefully we can see more of that. Obviously when uh, Adrian Nunu comes in, we'll more of that quality from him as well, but it was just so good to see Abila be the one to score that. <laughs> 
and give Minnesota United that lead and eventually be the one who gets the game winner for Minnesota. That was just awesome. Yeah. It was great. I'll tell you what though, when he when he's running, it, it looks like a you know, like a rec like a men's rec league. He is a big body and he is not very fit right now, it doesn't look. There was a couple moments where he was trying to make a run and when he tried to beat that guy towards the end, it was just like play to your strengths, man. I <laughs> let the ball do the running. Yeah, you know, hopefully uh yeah, hopefully as he continues to to be on the mend and, and get over his injury, he'll he'll be a little bit more uh you know a little bit more unleashed, I guess, you know. Uh not not so not so hamstrung there. But um in any case, a goal that gives Minnesota United the lead. Um 85th minute, uh skipping ahead a little bit. Reynoso actually goes down in pain, which causes Adrian Heath to have to bring on Ja'Cory Hayes in his place. Um, I haven't seen anything to indicate that that's anything serious with Reynoso. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed that, uh, that it isn't, I was oh, happy I to see, I was happy to see Reynoso, uh, or sorry, I was happy to see Ja'Cory Hayes come in. I wasn't sure what his status was. Um, and it was pretty obvious that, that, that Reynoso was gassed. Um, I think he's doing a lot more running than, than we would like him to, but just given the state of our team right now, I think that's kind of where we're at. Um, and I almost wonder if it wasn't something they talked about at half where, where Ray was just going to go down and, and kind of clutch his ankle when he was ready to come out. Um, you know, he's been, he's been kind of fighting that that tightness um but i think this was more of just like all right i'm done he made one final big run um and i think he was probably just you know that's it for me and and you know waste a little time um knowing that knowing that um Ja'Cory hayes was the sub yeah and uh and i think uh like i said it was good seeing Ja'Cory hayes get in there i'm not sure why he hasn't uh you know been called upon a little bit more uh so far in the season he he was was great last year uh, for Minnesota. So it was good to see him on and, uh, you know, hopefully we can just, uh, see more, more of Reynoso. Um, hopefully it's nothing, nothing too, uh, nothing too major moving forward for him. Uh, but moving on to the 88th minute now, um, you know, <laughs> the scares weren't over yet for, uh, for Vancouver. Uh, the pressure was not, was not, uh, not let up just because they went down one nil nearly equalized off a free kick. Uh, somehow I believe, uh, it was Nowitzki for, uh, for Vancouver misses a wide open goal after a header off the free kick falls right at his feet. That was just one of the, and, and that, that should have been an equalizer. I mean, we talked about, we, I feel like this is like the fourth or fifth time that we talked about, Oh, that should have been a Vancouver goal. That should have been a Vancouver goal. But just looking at that, I, as soon as I saw the header fall to his feet, I was like, that's it. That's, that's a goal. You know? Yeah. And luckily it went over the bar it was one of those nights for Vancouver. If you're a Whitecaps fan, you got to just be like, what the heck? <laughs> How did we not get one on the board? Uh, but luckily they did it, and that was really kind of the last gasp there for Vancouver. Oh, I watched I watched the whole last probably 20 minutes of this match standing up, um, and that that came down, yeah, you know, flashes of flashes of Seattle again. And it really, the, the free kick was nothing super threatening. They kind of had two people on it. Um, with with the one right footer that might have been a shot and the left footer that would have been a cross, and when the right footer didn't take his shot, no one really did much of anything. And then the left footed cross came in and they crashed the back post, and we just didn't. They probably had four or five guys standing, not three or you know two or three guys standing there, and then they crossed it back, and there was just no one there. Again, it's like all right, we got one and and we're rolling, but come on, guys, that we knew this was going to be a thing coming in, and like you got to do better, especially in the weaning moments, you got to do better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't really have much more to say on that. You know, it, it, <laughs> luckily it went wide. Luckily it did not end up at the back of the net and we get Wonderwall at Allianz field. Finally, uh, a Minnesota United win now one Oh and four on the season. Um, three points. They're not pointsless anymore. Um, hopefully, uh, returning Bakai to Basi, uh, boost obviously to minnesota united in that back line um hopefully a bakai debasi alongside chase gasper gives you know makes him a little bit better but i want to talk about before we move on to that this this 4-3-3 that uh adrian heath has been playing the last couple matches um the 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 center defensive midfield triangle there with gregish trap and alonzo um you know it, it it has it's been working the second half of the colorado game aside this has been a formation that, for the most part, has worked really well for Minnesota, given the circumstances. Um, they had their arguably their of the year in that first half against Colorado playing that formation. They went back to it tonight. Obviously, they get the win. wasn't pretty. 
what are your thoughts on that 4-3-3 and its you know feasibility moving forward in the season for Minnesota United? Is this something they stick with when they get healthy, or do they move back more to the traditional 4-2-3-1 when they get guys back? Yeah, uh, another interesting thing coming out of the half was he said they actually abandoned the 4-3-3 partway through the first and went back to the 4-3-2-1. And Kendra mentioned that she was surprised to hear that because it didn't really look that way, and I didn't notice it either. But apparently that's what he said. Um, I don't think yeah. it's a long-term plan. I think right now it's it's the best way to get our best 11 on the field. I think when I think that Heath has been building this team for 4-3-2-1. So I think that ultimately once everyone's healthy, once we get the new guys in, the four three two one will be what we use going forward, um, unless there's something where you know maybe late you 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 know you keep on Unu and you bring on Abila um, and you do something like that. But I think the four three two one is going to be the standard. Uh, I think that the biggest thing that's working right now is having Ozzy on the field. Um, whatever you want to say about what Will Trap has been doing, yeah. Ozzy, I think that I as 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 good as I knew he was, I I can't believe what him missing has done. And I mean, the dude's never missed a playoff in his MLS career. So if you need someone who's going to get this team back in gear, it's going to be Ozzy Alonso. And he played a full 90 minutes tonight as a 35 year old. I just turned 30 and I don't think I can make a 15. So like, I mean, the dude is just all effort. And if anyone's <laughs> going to turn this around, I think it's got to be him. Yeah. It's got to be, you know, Dotson, you know, Grant and I were talking. And, and personally, I feel as good as like Reynoso and Lude. Uh, and, and those guys are, I don't think they have that like heart and fire. That's really going to, you know, put the team on their back and, and be shouting and screaming at people. They're kind of more the quiet, get their own job done type. So we need someone to step up and start holding people accountable. And I think when Ozzy is not on the field, there's only so much Boxall can do from the back line. And I think that he is what's making a difference more than the four three, you know, yeah, the four, three, three. Especially when when your defense is kind of that that position group of need needs some help that needs a little bit of a boost. Uh, where you don't have a guy like Bakai Debasi back there, um, you need some help. And putting Ozzy Alonso in the central defensive midfield automatically gives you that defensive help. So that has I, I think has been a, a huge boost, obviously, um, for Minnesota United. Uh, Will Trap, I think, has been great. It's just his style is so much different. He's not that guy who's going to drop back like Alonzo does. He's going to play much further up the field. What he does, but that doesn't necessarily fit with what United needs right now in terms of of not having a fully healthy back line and having a little bit of leakiness back there. They need people who are going to drop back and help. And Ozzy mm-hmm. Alonzo is the guy that 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 does that. Now with this triangle that they've been playing, though, he's been able to have both those options, kind of best of and Alonzo on the field at the same time. But um, I think uh, I think moving forward, it'll be interesting to see what Adrian Heath does when De- because does is DeBossi's return enough to say, okay, now we can go back to using Alonzo more in an as-needed situation, offensive assistance that he brings. I know he brings leadership on the field, but in terms of tactically what he brings in terms of his ability to drop back, is that really needed when you have a healthy Bakai Debasi back there? I guess time will tell. I guess we'll see. But that, to me, will be the biggest question, and I guess the biggest curiosity point that I'll have. Yeah, and as as more and more pieces come in, it'll be really interesting to see how that all changes. Uh, another one that I think is going to be interesting is as we get pieces coming back and we no longer need Gasper – or no, sorry, Dotson um, on one of the wings, what becomes of the, the Dotson – uh, Gregush conversation. Uh, when he came back from the, the U23 World Cups, I was probably leading the, I don't, not leading, but I was in the front of the conversation with everyone saying, don't force dots on the field. Jan Gregush has been great. Everyone just take a breath. But over these first, whatever, it's been four matches now, I think that Dotson has, especially tonight, I mean, that dude ran for 90 minutes and at the, until the last whistle, yeah. he was still the first one to that ball. And that mixed with some, some underwhelming play from, from Gregush. I think that that conversation has gotten much more interesting at this point. I would have a really hard time saying that, that, that Gregush is, is clearly over Dotson if at all. So as, yeah, as you know, as Debasi comes back and, you know, as, as some of our wingers come in and things like that and, and Dotson kind of isn't needed out there anymore. um, That's going to be really interesting because I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who, who thinks he hasn't made a case for himself to be, you know, somewhere. 
All right, before we move on here, just want to let you know that Post Loons is presented by our good, good friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Um, they're going to have Minnesota United watch parties periodically throughout the season, which is pretty cool. Um, so go check out their website, 9thStreetMPLS.com for that. Um, you can RSVP ahead of time if you want to. You can walk up, but they kind of ask that you RSVP just for kind of organizational purposes. Also, if you want to play some soccer, they have that indoor field, which is awesome there. You can book your own field time, so you can kind of have exclusive reign of the pitch. You can sign up for $5 pickup or just learn more about Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Again, the website is NinthStreetMPLS.com. Big thanks to Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee for sponsoring Post Loons. Um, so some more big picture stuff to look at here. You get the win. You get yourself off of the goose egg. Dallas on Saturday. And then you have a two-week break. You play RSL on the 29th in kind of a revenge game. And then you have the international break and you're off till the 19th. So it is this team deep enough to withstand the international duty losses? Are we at a point where the ditch is too deep? Or, or are we at a point where this team can feasibly get themselves back up despite those losses that they're going to have in June? Well, first off, I mean, I think the international break can't come soon enough. And I think, you know, I, I said before tonight's match, I think we need seven points going into that. Um, so getting getting three tonight is is good. I think you gotta you gotta get three against Dallas. And if you have to just get the one on the road, I, I think you'll you'll take it. Um, and then I think I think that then you've kind of you've made it to a good point and you can take a minute, you know, you have had the break there. And then when those call-ups happen, hopefully we've gotten some of our bigger pieces in. Hopefully Unu is in. Hopefully Fregapani is in. You know, Nico Hansen, I think that once he gets healthy, he will still have something to offer this team, even if Franco's health, even if Franco comes in. Um, I, I just think that if we can get there, we'll start to get some pieces back. And I'm actually not as worried about those missing pieces. I'm assuming that's going to be Finley, Reitola, and um, Gas. Uh, Jan, right? Wouldn't that be the three? They said there's going to be three missing. I didn't actually see where it was. Uh, but I think all of those, if if we have some more healthy pieces, yeah, we I can think, get around. I think, maybe, I think maybe Robin. Yeah, I think maybe Robin, Raitala, and Grey Goose, I think are the three. Um, yep. Not 100% sure on that. But yeah, I think they said there are three. And that to me, when I think of the three, I think those would be it. Maybe potentially Dane, too um with 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 canada so we'll see if uh, we'll see what their what their international fixtures look like i know we have the euros i'm not sure what international duty and fixtures look like outside of that if any of guys outside of the euros are going to be missing time uh due to that international duty so that's something i guess we'll just have to wait and see on and, and look up a little bit more info on um guys if you are watching please subscribe and leave a thumbs up. Uh, that's actually huge for the stream. Those thumbs ups, to, you know, they tell YouTube that, that you like the content and that you want to, uh, you know, see more of it. So definitely do that. Um, and as, as we move on here, like we said, we have uh, one match on Saturday at home against FC Dallas at RSL on the 29th. And then that international break until June 19th. Um, and then back at home on June 23rd against Austin. And the reason I mentioned that is that could be the first match where we see Allianz Field at full capacity. Actually, a couple season ticket holders have said that their reps have actually called them and let them know that uh, they'll they'll be at full capacity for that June 23rd match. So very interesting to see the dynamic at Allianz Field. And with that being said, if Minnesota United is going to crawl back out of this and get themselves in a position to compete for a playoff spot, Allianz is going to have to become a fortress. And getting the full Wonderwall and full 19,000 back is going to be, you know, obviously a huge contributor to that as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, uh, yeah, I've, I've only seen the, yeah, the tweets of people saying that that's what they've heard. Um, you know, it, it, it would be, it definitely is a, is a big step in the right direction. And, and what that looks like, obviously we don't know, but um, they need something. And tonight was a, a big step, but it, it still didn't feel like what it should feel like if we're going to be competitive. So they need something. And, and if, you know, if that is the case, that could be um, a huge, a huge mood booster to them and, and hopefully kind of get, get the ball rolling a little bit better. 4,100 is better than nothing for sure. <laughs> uh, but 19,000, I mean, we've all been there for 19,000 at Allianz field. It's a totally different environment, totally unique environment. Um, so uh, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition where June 23rd is that first matchup full capacity. Uh, but in any case, 
Minnesota United gets the win. They get they get that win they needed to get the monkey off their back. Uh, no 0 and 5, no 0 and 6, no 0 and 7 that we might have been worried about. Um, they got the one in the win column, and now the key is obviously to keep that momentum going. And it starts with FC Dallas on Saturday night. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Alex. What's the biggest key for Minnesota United to sort of get back on the right track and have this one win become a winning streak? I think we just got to keep building off. We got to get our confidence back. I think that, you know, we've we've been, not been playing well, and that's one thing. But then when we started not playing well, we started maybe forcing things or second-guessing ourselves or whatever it was. But you can see even just basic passes, we just look hesitant and like we don't want to do it. Um, a lot of our passes, again, like I said, they're just really safe, and so we're not really doing anything to to move the defense around. We have to start to get – we have to start building off this, and we have to get our confidence back. Obviously, some healthier players will help, but I think the biggest thing is just kind of get some of that swagger back. And every week we get through, we get a little healthier as well. So I think that naturally some of that will just start to come back, but we've got to get we've got to get that confidence back, and we've got to get some of that swagger back, and we've got to go start going into matches thinking that we're going to win them. Um, and that goes all the way up to Heath too. I think I think Colorado it was it you know the the second half subs that were made were you know so poor, and I think it just goes to kind of scared i mean maybe scared is the wrong word but you just you're you're holding on to something you're trying to not let it go and so you start making subs just trying to hold on and then they just all start backfiring on you so i think from top to bottom we got to get that swagger back and got to get that confidence back and we got to start playing like we're going to be the ones walking around three points at the end of the night yeah i mean there's a reason this team was picked to finish second third fourth by uh you know a good vast majority of the of the pundits and of the national media because this team's good right I mean, you look at you look at top to bottom. You know, this takes me back to the whole Hassani Dotson conversation that we had in the offseason about where he would fit in a starting eleven. And if you look at the you know wherever he'd fit in, it's like, man, we already have some dudes in those positions. Like we already have international guys. We already have MLS All Stars. We already have quality guys at pretty much every position. Yeah, that you know, there have been injuries and there have been. Uh, losses that we haven't made up for necessarily quite yet with guys still incoming. Uh, but all in all, this is a damn good team, right? And this is, you know, on paper, a top three, top four team in the West. It just comes down to getting that confidence back and start playing like it, right? And that's, uh, if Minnesota United can do that and get back on the right track, uh, or, or, you know, at least kind of get that confidence back on the right track. Yeah the results will follow, right? An MLS season is a marathon, not a sprint. You put yourself in quite the hole and it's going to take a huge, huge effort to get out of that hole. It's not impossible, but I think from my vantage point, I don't know if I'm necessarily seeing like playoffs as a goal anymore. I just want to see this team to start playing consistently good Mm -hmm. soccer, consistently entertaining soccer. Um, We'll start there at least in my mind, we'll start there and then we'll start talking about, okay, let's see where the playoff picture pans out. You know, come back to me in August in early August about the playoff picture and we'll see where things pan out. But over the next few months, I just want to see this team start playing with some. Yeah. I think that's gotta be, that's gotta be the first goal, right? We got to start getting there, you know, one step at a time, you know, baby steps. Don't look at, don't look at the end goal. Um, Got to start playing better. Got to start seeing better decisions with in-game tactics, um, I still think the playoffs are, are should be should be the bare minimum, and I think that really, as bad as things are, the other teams are really kind of helping us out. I mean, when you look at the table, Portland, you know, above us is Portland and LAFC in twelfth and eleventh. No one, again, when you talk about preseason expectations, no one had them. Everyone had us in the top three positions. So there's teams who are are losing around us who I think mm-hmm. as the season goes on, everyone's going to start to get that right again and we'll start climbing and teams like San Jose, Houston, you know, those teams will start to drop. I think they've done great things. You know, RSL is another one. They've done great things so far, but it, it, the table will will kind of make sense, make more sense by the end of the year. Um, and I think that we can kind of ride that wave as, as those teams who are on the top of the table start dropping points. But again, the first step, one step at a time, just start playing better soccer. It's it's not it's it's not anything more complicated than that. We're a good team, you know. This isn't seventeen eighteen, or where we need some kind of, you know, no miracle is going to start like fixing our defense. 
there's no big fundamental issues. It's just poor play and a lack of confidence. And that's something that just has to one game at a time, you know, little by little start, start making our way back to where we know it can be. Um, we got a couple of comments trickling in. Uh, just a reminder, if you do have a comment, question, anything you want to say on the stream, uh, feel free to drop it and, uh, and we will bring it up on the stream. Uh, got to bring one up here, Alex. Uh, <laughs> Grant says he loves the decor. Uh, is that your house? Uh, this is our apartment. Yeah, we're in Northeast. Uh, it's kind of like the industrial style apartment. Uh, super cute looking. Okay. It's very small. Uh, we both work from home now and it doesn't work. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, I've been there uh, early in the pandemic. I was in a two-bedroom townhouse with my uh, with my fiance, and we were both working from home, and it was not not a great situation. We've upgraded since then in a much more uh, spacious environment now, but um, definitely uh, definitely do, do not miss the uh, the townhouse uh, work from home lifestyle. That's for sure. Um, like I said, if you got a comment, question, whatever, drop it in the chat. And we will uh, we will uh, read it. But now we got to get to our award-winning segment. It's tweets of the night. And Alex, I think you will recognize this first one. Let's see if it'll come up. Oh, he, yep. Yeah. There you go. Wancho, man, okay, he now, is. Alex, I, I need you to sing this for me here. Can you sing this for me? I know better than to try and do a chant uh, for anyone live. I don't know if you've seen the video that's circulating of the Cincinnati fans who who try to do a chant into a camera. It never ends well. As a general rule, do not ever try and do a chant on the spot into a camera. It's only going to go poorly for you. Uh, if you want to look up the lyrics, look up. Um, it was Bruno Fernandez's chant when he was at Manchester Everton, I think. Uh, look up that chant. That's the that's the. Okay. Uh, Yep. cadence to it uh but no as a general rule i never do a chant uh on a live stream okay. no one needs that fair enough that's a, that's a good that's a good cop-out answer that's that's a good <laughs> cop-out answer alex so, so you don't have to sing on the stream I, I see what you're doing here yeah all right moving on tweet two from our friends at east coast dark clouds they already these these guys always have uh great entertaining <laughs> tweets during minnesota united matches uh my wife is taking a bath on another floor and keeps testing me texting me not seen McMaster or Wea on the pitch after they impressed uh, in, in their initial uh, initial appearances. Adrian Heath did have a uh, a quote that you know was not very well received uh, uh, in the uh, midweek media availability, where he basically said that he thinks this is a time for more experienced players. Obviously, the result tonight is is hard to argue with, but you know these are two guys who did look impressive in their first appearances. Um, so it's interesting why they haven't seen the pitch in their in the last couple matches. Yeah, yeah, I'm not happy with Heath right now. Um, I think again his his Colorado subs were just atrocious, uh, atrocious, and shows that he has to really get better at his in game tactics, and he has to quit being so stubborn and his doghouse and all these all these relationship things he has with his players. Uh, but on this one, I I do kind of agree. I think that what we saw from Wea especially was great, um, but it, you know. Deep breaths. It, it was it was 10, 15 minutes. I think that if we're gonna be better, we gotta start getting the first team guys going and tossing in some young kids who looked good for 10 minutes at the end of a, a home match isn't necessarily gonna be a, a good step in the right direction. I think they should see some playing time, especially McMaster. I think McMaster has made a really good case for himself on the left wing, but especially tonight. I don't know that McMaster in for Dotson, that would not have been the right choice. Dotson was a, a killer all game. And then obviously you're going to put Hayes in for Reynoso. Yeah. And the only other thing is like maybe maybe McMaster in for, for Lude, but again, he still looks strong. And if anything, it's probably going to be Finley for Lude. So at a certain point, there just is also you're not going to just force it because it seems like you want to get him in there. So I think they're great. I think we have a lot of games to come, and I'm excited to see where they go. Um, I'm not chomping at the bit to have to start them, you know, start seeing them start games or getting, you know, 30 minutes here and there. Um, it'll come. It'll come. All right. Last one for tweets of the night. Uh, this, this made me laugh and this could go for both teams uh, from Billy Madison or for, oh, excuse me, happy Gilmore. Uh, is that goal reg regulation size or what? Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of shots sailing wide for both sides tonight. Luckily Minnesota United managed to find one in the back. Yeah. Keep a sharp eye. If you're standing behind either goal these days, cause they are uh, more likely than not coming your way. <laughs> all right got a couple more comments trickling in nwb says abila officially on the mark what do you think his goal total will be for the season 
Wanchope to score 10 or more or less. Over under, let's do over under nine and a half goals for Wanchope this year. I I want to say under. I think that's going to have to do more with his minutes than his quality, though. I think that once we're up and running, he's going to be a last, a last, uh, you know, thirty to twenty guy, um, and there's only so much you can do in that time. So I think it's going to say more about his uh, his role than his quality. I, I think once you get Adrian Unu in, um, I think it'll be interesting to see what Adrian Heath does. Um, presumably, Unu would be the odds-on starter, you know, top of the depth chart at the number nine position, uh, but. It's hard to keep a guy like Ramon Abila on the bench for a long time, right? Um, and so I've, I've seen people, you know, um, talking on, on Twitter, like, is this time for a two-striker setup where you have both filled at the same time, which is super interesting to think about. Um, I don't know. But, uh, you know, if, if Abila gets consistent minutes, I could definitely see him getting over nine and a half. But I'm kind of with you, Alex, where, you know, once Unu in, it comes in, and he's the the starting number nine. It's just going to be hard for Abila to see the pitch time that's going to be able to get him to that double digit goal total. Um, he's yeah. going to have, you know, I don't know when Unu uh, is available. I think Cal Williams said in the Colorado broadcast that it might be this Saturday against Dallas that he would be available. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if Abila though is going to get to that 10, 10 total. Um, he's going to have to rack him up before Unu actually gets settled in. That's going that yeah. would be the key for Abila to get. Uh, to get to 10. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, I think he could do – I mean, we saw Wando come in and score two goals and right. whatever it was, 10 minutes. He could do it. He could find a spot for himself and, you know, come in against tired legs. But uh, more likely than not, I'm going, yeah, under on that one. All right, another question. This one from uh, from Periscope from Twitter. Dave Stevens says, rotation on Saturday, question mark. Back to 4-2-3-1 like Alex and Heath prefers. 4-3-3 has worked. Um, Abula starts. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, it all depends on who's coming back, right? It all depends on what the health situation is. I think if you have a fully healthy roster, you go for just because DeBossi is available for selection does not mean that Adrian Heath is going to throw him in the starting lineup. Um, you know, it may be a situation where he's on the bench. And then if you have a, if you have a lead, you throw him on to help, help, you know, uh, help uh park the bus that's the phrase i'm looking for mm-hmm. um but it just dave it all depends on who's available and who's healthy what ro- what what they go with um alex you and grant were talking on the dummy run podcast a, a few weeks in a row about how um adrian heath was maybe just going with a formation that that they planned on going with when they were fully healthy um and just to kind of keep that consistency maybe it not working with the the available players they had well, the last two matches adjustment, and we've seen a the best half of the season in the first half in Colorado, and B we see a win tonight. So if if the injury situation continues the way it is, there's no reason to to divert away from the four three three. But on the other hand, if Debassi's healthy and ready to start, I think maybe there's a very good argument there for going back to the four two three one. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and again, it, it'd be interesting to he, to see what if he says anything more about the in-game switch to a four-three-two-one versus the four-three-three. I think whatever it is, I think on Saturday we see a similar setup of players on the field to what we saw today. Um, call it a four-three-three, call it a four-three-two-one. I think that that's what it's going to be with Lute at the false nine. Dotson's been playing a lot better out on the right with kind of switching sides and and that kind of rotation that he can do. And I think that's going to be what we see. Um, I think that Abila. He's not starting, not because of any reason other than he's the 60th minute sub. And I think that if we, whether or not we have Unu, I think that Heath has realized that Abila is not the guy that's going to go run out, go run around for the full 60 minutes and then get subbed off. He's much better towards the end of the game, like we saw tonight, when there's tired legs and he can come in and make a difference in the weaning hours of the match, not go try and, you know, beat father time by running around for that long at least not yet maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong that's been my my belief again i think that tonight with with lude starting at the false nine kind of uh kind of goes to show that that might be kind of what what heath is thinking as well um and i just actually want to clarify something i just saw andy grader tweeted this about two minutes ago from the pioneer press um the undershirt that ramon abila was wearing and that he showed after he scored his goal 
um, is dedicated actually to his brother, uh, Gaston, who um, so it was a, a very heartfelt tribute from Ramon after he scored that goal. That's the picture that was on his undershirt was of his brother um, who, uh, uh, as we said, unfortunately took his own life last year. So a very, a very touching tribute um, and, and very, um, very meaningful that he got to do that on the stage, get his goal and, and be able to, to uh, in that way. Uh, just, just, just very cool. So I wanted to clarify that because I saw Twitter and stuff about what, the, what that, what it was on the undershirt. Um, and that, that's what it was. Yeah. It's, it's uh, interesting. I, I noticed he was wearing an undershirt the first match and I was like, Oh, that's weird. I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone wear an undershirt under a soccer Jersey. Uh, but that's now we kind of, we know why. Um, yeah. Mental health is, you know, is a very serious thing. And if, you know, you're ever feeling anything, talk to someone, you know, you're not alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to look on Minnesota United's Twitter feed right now to see who actually uh, won the uh, man of the I have to guess it's either Tyler Miller or Michael Boxhall. Maybe, maybe Abila. Uh, it was Abila. Um, uh, Miller, Boxhall were not even case, on there. Who is your man of the match? My man of the match was, was Dotson. Okay. Um, I think that he, his, the Dotson or um, I, I, again, I think, I think Ozzy has been playing a great role, but Dotson for me, just, I mean, his, his work rate. And, you know, again, he, he played, I think three different positions throughout the match, not counting just his natural kind of rotation that he was doing with, um, you know, with loot up top. Uh, he, he's just been, if nothing else, he is, you know, he's showing that he wants it. And I think that that's something that we need right now. So for me, he had a great match. Um, and, and I was really happy to see the performance he put in tonight. Uh, NWB says uh, his man of the match is uh, Boxall. Um, and then Dave Stevens said man of the match for him is Robin Lode. Um, I can't mm. I can't argue with Lode, really. Um, we already talked about it, just the chances he was able to create. And again, his I mean, we say we've said it already, but his ability on the ball has been just so impressive. Like it's like an N1 mixtape. Like it really is because of what he is doing to defenders this season. Yeah, no, I would definitely, he, he's another one I would definitely say that you could give it to. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. And I think that once you get something more threatening out wide and up top, it's, we're going to see it work again the way it worked with Molino. Um, and I'm, I, I can't, I can't wait. So, you know, all, always, yeah. always fun to watch. Definitely. Um, again, next match, Saturday night against FC Dallas. We will be right back here for Post Loons following that one. Maybe after another Minnesota United win, we will see. Uh, big thanks to Alex from the Dummy Run Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at UpTheLoon. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy G. Rushing. Um, you can follow uh, 10,000 Pitches on Twitter at 10K Pitches on the Twitter feed and on our YouTube channels where you can find post loons after every Minnesota United match. Alex, thanks so much for taking the time, man. Any parting words? No. Go Loons. Go Loons. Uh, also, thanks to our sponsors, Night Street Soccer and Coffee. We'll be right back here with you after the match on Saturday. For Alex McCracken, I'm Jeremy Rushing. Thank you so much for tuning in to Post Loons. We'll catch you Saturday.